So this bolt of lightning shot across the universe and inspired me with the idea that we have to do a podcast. And that's what I wanted to tell you. We should do a podcast. Okay, bye. I am I am recording. Okay, I'm recording. Look at that. All right. Okay. So, um, welcome to Feature Creep. Colon. Colon. Built-in microwave. Built-in microwave. <laughs> Semicolon. Witches. Which which bro- broomsticks? Witches and broomsticks. Witches and broomsticks. Drugs. Why do witches ride, bro- ride brooms and also drugs? <laughs> yeah, and also drugs. All right. Well, we'll figure it out. Whatever you read on the title, that's the title of this, as all of them. Um, right. Okay. So... Uh, how did we get here? How did we get here? <laughs> so I, um, the other day I was like, oh, why is it that we associate broomsticks with witches? And so I did a very quick Google, Google, and then I, um, pulled up this article, which was fed to me by Google. And I selected the Atlantic because oftentimes their writing is of fairly decent quality, but that may be subject to, uh, better investigation um, at this point, or I should think more critically about that. So anyway, so we stumbled across this article from October 31st, 2013. And which which gives us the indication that like, it was probably more to do with the timing of the article being at Halloween. Yeah. Like like, we need some Halloween content. Yeah. And we're going to be very critical of this article, but that doesn't necessarily reflect on the fact that we're basically picking apart what is clearly a fluff piece about halloween and probably someone quickly writing to be like hey here's some interesting factoids to think (laughs) about um so i shared this with you and i was like hey Mm -hmm. hey check it out megan i got this article i think this is pretty interesting but i didn't really give you any context about why i thought it was interesting um right and then i brought a bunch of baggage about like people having mass hallucinations and burning witches to it and i'm like it did i miss the point yes <laughs> so <laughs> maybe let's, i overlooked what you were sending me this yeah morning. well i think it was more i overlooked the bulk of what the article was saying and picked out a few things that i thought was interesting so the article essentially suggests that um the reason that uh which broomsticks are associated with witches has to do with Um, sometime in the middle ages when, uh, people were eating a lot of rye bread, there was a, there's a fungus an ergot fungus, which has some alkaloids in it that are very poisonous, but at lower dosages, doses can cause hallucinations. Um, and so they were suggesting essentially, um, that witches were, so they were suggesting that people had decided that because you could hallucinate from exposure to this fungus and although eating it directly was very unpleasant, if you rubbed it into your like mucous membranes, say like your genitalia or your armpits or other places that you could get some of the hallucinogenic benefits without the unpleasantness. So that's what puking, like puking. Yeah. Which is what, which is what is suggested by this article. But um, let's get down to the nitty gritty, which was that, I read this and I thought, oh, wow, there's an association with basically, so ergot's like a precursor to LSD. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was like, oh, that's interesting. There's the suggestion that maybe something to do with flying brooms and witches and LSD. That's cool. Check it out. And then you came back and were like, listen, buddy. (laughs) 
I was like, why is this? This doesn't make sense. This is bullshit. This also doesn't concur with some other things I know. Ah, what were you talking about? Yeah. And so, um, on like, so on reflection, like, you know, you kind of forced me to like actually read the article and look at it. So one of the first things the author says, <laughs> That might have been one of my favorite quotes of all time. Uh, you forced me. Well, okay. You didn't I, like you funny. didn't. Sorry, I, I was forced to revisit the article based on your reaction is what I'm getting at. It's right. not that you, you know, you didn't sit there. Yeah. And then, and then there was Meg with a, uh, you know, a large baseball bat standing in the corner glaring at me while I sat there whimpering, <laughs> reading the article. No, this was, right. um, right. yeah, we, uh, anyway, so in the article, um, Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of glossed over the f- the first part uh, where the author she <laughs> suggests that um, this whole thing kind of started with the the link between rye and um, the ergot fungus, and uh, she cites I I can't tell if this is a citation. Um, the font changes, but it may be not be a citation. But basically, she's suggesting that in smaller doses. Uh, ergot could be a powerful hallucinogen and uh, she says that there's records from the 14th to the 17th century uh, mentioning Europeans affliction with a dancing mania which found groups of people dancing through the streets um, often speaking nonsense foaming at the mouth as they did so until they collapsed from exhaustion uh, mm-hmm. so in the 20th century um, Albert Hoffman then found the psychedelic effects of lsd while studying ergot so it doesn't like she says that and then she just kind of switches to saying hey so in the 14th and 17th between the 14th and 17th century people were dancing in the streets with this dancing mania that's been documented and then by the way in the 20th century albert hoffman um, discovered lsd so uh then she just says so as people are wont to do uh they adopted this knowledge figuring out ways to tame ergot essentially for hallucinatory purposes so that's her like thesis right that's her suggest she's suggesting yeah, it's like this is what's going on right right yeah like there's bread bread is made from rye yeah rye has ergot growing on it ergot among many things can cause hallucinations so some people must have figured out because people oftentimes figure out how to synthesize new substances for their to isolate their benefits and because albert hoffman in the 20th century did this clearly what happened here is that a bunch of people figured out how to hallucinate how to hallucinate from ergot and yeah yeah and and the frustrating part is that she doesn't even come out and say that she just kind of goes from one thing to the next without suggesting what this means is or what I'm saying here is. Um, sort of manipulates you into making that conclusion for yourself without her actually having to claim it. Yeah. So she kind of spends two, like a paragraph and a half on the idea that um, somewhere in the 14th to 17th century, people had figured out that you could use ergot or similar alkaloids as um or alkaloid plants, plant producing or plants that produce certain alkaloids that you could use them as hallucinogens. That's what she's suggesting. So um, again, she doesn't really come out and say it other than her last kind of point is that sometime in the 16th century, there was a court physician who claimed to have taken a pot full of certain green ointment composed of herbs such as hemlock, nightshade, uh, henbane, mandrake, etc., from the home of a couple accused of witchcraft. So she's kind of just laid out some references to things that kind of loosely connect witchcraft and um, the use of uh, poisonous alkaloids that at low doses is 
would potentially right. cause hallucination. Um, not fun is my understanding, but we'll get to that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so then she says, so why, why do the brooms fit into this? Um, yeah, wait, what about the brooms though? You've said a whole lot about a lot of unconnected things throughout yeah. five centuries of time. How does this all relate back to brooms and witches? You might ask. Yeah. So she says, um, that those old school hallucinogens, which cause a sordid unpleasantness, including nausea, vomiting, skin irritation. Um, she suggests that people figured out this or people realize she doesn't say there's evidence for this. She just says that people realized, um, mm -hmm that absorbing them through the skin could lead to hallucination without some of the unsavory side effects in her words. So uh, paraphrase a little bit. Um, so by bypassing your stomach as a means of ingesting the drug, and yes. by like rubbing it on your skin or right. And so she's saying you could put it in your, like anywhere close to sweat gl glands, like of the armpits or the mucous membranes of the genitalia. So our genitals. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so then she just says, well, so people, developed this this pharmacological knowledge and produced these drug-laden bombs and then she says in quotes which is bruise mm -hmm. um so so they so there's a bunch of witches running around uh isolating components from chemical components from ergot mixing them into balms and then slathering them on their armpits and their genitalia in order to get high yes and so we're still kind of waiting to arrive at okay she saws and asks the question, answer the question about the brooms, right? Um, right. But she says, okay, so now she've, she's established that there are um, some drug-laden balms that uh, people might have been concocting. Um, and then at the end of that little bit of paragraph, she says, so uh, these crafty hallucina hallucinators, as she calls them, mm -hmm. um, borrowed a technology from the home, a broom, specifically the handle of the broom, and then dot, 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 you get the idea. Get the idea. Um, which I don't, but okay. Um, the reason I don't get the idea is because um, you're telling, like, you're the author. You're telling me. So, right, like, what are you saying? Brought it up. What are you saying? Why aren't you telling me? Yeah. So, um, so then she she has uh, a couple of quotes from, according to an investigation into witchcraft from 1324, which reads, and this is her quote from whatever quote it was uh in rifling the closet of the lady they found a pipe of ointment wherewith she greased a staff upon which she em em ambled. ambled ambled and galloped th through thick and thin so mm -hmm. um and then the second writing from uh a 15th century quotation the vulgar believe and the witches confess that on certain days or nights they anoint a staff and write on it to the appointment appointed place or anoint themselves under the arms and in other hairy places so um after which immediately after that quote she says so that explains the brooms <laughs> yes uh, <laughs> what it, it does not <laughs> it doesn't but yeah uh okay so uh, and what about the flying so right so then she kind of has some vague suggestion about um brooms having a place in pagan rituals and um and so she says but more likely connection has to do with the fact that users of witches brew which she's put in quotes again which is what she referred to again her as wording, this, her, wording her wording <laughs> as the drug-laden balms um 
Uh, and so she says, the fact that the users of Witch's Brew were, in a very practical sense, using their ointment-laden broomsticks to get high, they were using their brooms basically to, quote, fly. Um, and then she finishes up with a quote by Gustav Schenk. Uh, kind of the last paragraph here, um, or the second to last. Indeed, mm. here's how Gustav Schenk described mm, yep. the effects of tropane alkaloid intoxication. So this is a man from 1966 who says, um, and he, this is how he describes it. My teeth were clenched and dizzied rage took possession of me. But also I know that I, w- I was penetrated by a peculiar sense of well-being connected with the crazy sensation that my feet were growing lighter, expanding and breaking loose from my own body. Each party, part of my body seemed to go, be going off on its own, and I was seized with the fear that I was falling apart. At the same time, I experienced an intoxicating sensation of flying. Um, and he goes on to talk about the flying. But... Mm-hmm. Um, and so then she kind of rounds out the article saying, so there you have it, rye to flying brooms. Um, uh, so this, that's the, that's the gist of the article. And on the face of it, it just seems kind of innocuous and kind of fluffy when you think about it in the context of right. Halloween day. However, um, <laughs> you had some words to say about this. And which which got me to why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place because I didn't uh-huh. realize you had such had spent such extensive time studying witch trials and um, looking at into the ethics of all these things. So yeah, so hilariously, yeah. there's um there's a couple of things. So um yes, people the I am familiar with the concept of the potential of a lot of people having mass hysteria or mass hallucinations from ergot poisoning that resulted from using vast stores of grain that everybody in a town, say in Salem, for instance, um, was accessing as a community, right? Yeah. Yeah, Salem. Let's just say Salem. So let's say like you've got a town like Salem and because everybody like, you know, you all do better together than you do apart because it's like real early in the history of what we were trying to build as a nation and, and you don't listen to people who lived here before you, um, you do things like store up a bunch of grain and like that grain can become um, colonized by ergot. And then when anybody dips into that grain store to make food and then eats that food, they're acts, they're, they're being poisoned essentially. Right. And perhaps by poisoning a bunch of people that led to mass hallucinations, which account for the rampant claims that people have of similar stories of women who are doing things that we, they were accused of, you know, doing that, were the justifications for accusing them of being witches. That was a really clunky way of saying that. So the point is, we all got high by accident. No one realized we were tripping. And then as a result of tripping, we accused a bunch of women of doing crazy looking things because we were all high as a kite and didn't realize it, right? And so I'm familiar with that with that um justification or that sort of potential excuse? explanation oh, the excuse sure. the explanation whatever yeah. for how did we get to the point where we were drowning people in lakes to prove their innocence and burning them at the stake because they were witches right right like maybe we were all crazy when we did it and maybe the reason we were all crazy is because we were all eating in the same infected grain that had ergot growing on it and that made us all lose our minds and go crazy what i find not compelling about that particular explanation uh-huh. is that this hallucination is one side effect 
of ingesting poisonous amounts of ergot the others of which the other side effects of which are extremely visible and like long lasting they involve like destruction of um you know like um your, your circulatory and your system in your extremities so your feet and your hands this is where the um medical condition that used to be referred to as saint elmo's fire came from right. because people who had ergot poisoning which was not infrequent mm-hmm. um would be treated in specific ways and like uh the the fire the fire flaming sensation burning sensation that they would feel in their extremities as a result of ingesting too much ergot and being poisoned was referred to as saint elmo's fire because it was a burn burning sensation and so they would treat that specifically mm-hmm. um and there were hospitals designed to support people with this condition because it came became a specialization so um that aside like the fact that a bunch of people if they had been having a mass hallucination from ergot would have also had conditions that would have been noteworthy kind mm-hmm. of for me ruins that as a as a potential explanation yeah, I mean, because it would be weird that that didn't come up in the documentation somewhere that, oh, in addition to hallucinating uh, uh, and all of these people who accused all of these women of being witches had burning hands and feet. Yeah, I, I also think um, there's a certain level of. I mean, I kind of mentioned this to you earlier, it just kind of smacks of um, people suggesting that have no no understanding of um, hallucination like hallucination causing drugs in general um right so right yes we're talking like we're talking about um we're not talking about like 20th century refined like fairly gentle experiences that um most people have produced you know through lsd and and mushrooms and things like that we're talking about a really tough tough poison that also has the side effect of like fucking with your head um it's like the idea that that this was enough that oh people are going out of their minds and then they're like oh well suddenly out of character we're accusing all of these people of witchcraft no right like it's it, it just smacks at people who have no idea what they're talking about people who are afflicted with oh, hallucinations and shit aren't like then making cognitive decisions like we're going to hold court and we're all going to go sit around and we're going to go accuse this person that that part of it absolutely must have been malice on the part of people who wanted to get rid of the people they accused right and so in support of that viewpoint that you've just espoused i i also agree with you i think that this was clearly a concerted effort to remove certain people from society um and part of the reason that i say that is because um, in a scholarly article that I do not have on hand, uh, when I was studying ethics in undergrad, um, one of the courses I was taking discussed the, uh, the Salem witch trials and um, executing women for being witches in the context of um, like a feminist lens. And so, in other words, maybe instead of paying attention to their wild behavior singularly or the claims that somebody said that they saw them dancing naked in the woods were there any other remarkable or um common characteristics from woman to woman that could possibly be meaningful here oh gee i don't know maybe the fact that like almost everyone who was burned or killed as a witch happened to be a property owning woman who had wealth and agency and no one to tell her what to do that seems like a good motivation pretty conspicuous 
Because at the time that the Salem witch trials occurred, women, generally speaking, were considered property themselves and were not property owners and did not have agency and did not live alone. And they did not do anything but keep house and raise children. And it is extremely conspicuous that with almost 100 percent accuracy, the background of women who were accused of being witches and further held uh, found guilty and held accountable to that and were murdered as a result the common element is that they were all women of agency with money and independent land ownership. Mm -hmm. And that's way beyond statistically significant. Yeah. I mean, that's so significant um, that it is impossible for me to look back on what happened during Salem witch trials and not see a political right, right. Uh, motivation. And in fact, this goofy article from the Atlantic that has us all up in arms, yeah. um, even basically says like what you pointed out that they found you know in this couple in the house of a couple accused of witchcraft they found this weird little pot full of ointment right yeah well i mean if it, it just the whole thing just sounds like cops planting evidence and then burning people at the stake for finding evidence they planted and the only reason they planted the evidence was because they wanted to accuse people of witchcraft because only witches have ointment and therefore anyone with ointment must be a witch like yeah it's, it's also it's, it's kind it's of so superficial it's really suspect evidence um because there's a lot of motivation for uh people who were accused of witchcraft to be written about as witches the people yes. who are doing the writing are the accusers yes and so we don't have accounts of someone saying for instance writing their aunt saying hey i noticed that you were having you had this paraphernalia in your house you might want to get rid of it they're looking for people like you like we don't have anything like that we don't have any other evidence to suggest that um that this was like you know so if we were going to talk about like marijuana as a persecuted drug or i don't know if that's the right word but um you know as an illegal drug there's plenty of evidence to suggest that people who are using marijuana aren't other kinds of criminals other than they're using marijuana and we know yes. this because there's plenty of evidence being like oh this person or that person and like a wide wide variety of people use it whereas here we only seem to have evidence suggesting that people with a hundred percent of which is also a hundred percent had this drug in their possession right or you know or 98 percent or whatever it is it's like it's often cited as an indication of someone being a witch so it it already is discounted you don't yeah. have a you don't have like another group of people who also happen to use that drug who are not witches. Right. Well, yeah, I was thinking about that, too. And I was like, OK, so like uh, if writing brooms is the province of witches. Right. Um, then like what accounts for every little kid who's ridden a broom that was a horse? See, or, like, you mean, I mean hobby horses, and those are fine and legit for little boys who are not witches. Oh, different little boys only, though. <laughs> yes, little boys only. Right. Um, another oh, thing God. that you Sorry. kind of pointed yeah. out. Another thing that you pointed out that I found interesting and that also confused me because, like I said, I came to this with the baggage of knowing that all uh, of these women yes. who were accused and were eventually thrown in a lake and drowned uh -huh. were women who owned something that other people wanted right. and who not only did they have something other people wanted, they had something that other people deeply believed they should not have to begin with. 
So it's not just straight jealousy. Like, I'm just going to steal your fucking car. It's, I'm going to steal your car. And in the process of doing so, in the process of acquiring what you have that I want, I'm also going to kill you because I'm going to make it look like the only reason that you would have had that thing in the first place is because there's something wrong with you. Right. So fucked up. So, like, I, I... That's just nuts to me. And then the other thing that occurred to me after you and I had been like sort of hashing through this conversation a little bit is the, the people. So the argument this article seems to make is that witches were getting high and that's why they were riding broomsticks and like broomsticks are equivalent to like a crack pipe. You can't smoke crack without a crack pipe. You can't be a witch without flying a broom. Right. 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 And so in order to get high and act like a witch, you needed the broom and as the vehicle to getting high. But what you and I were like, uh, wouldn't it just be much easier to like take your hand and smear some shit on your junk than like yes. putting it, <laughs> right. taking the extra weird step or like a of, spoon of, or like a spoon <laughs> Or like whatever, like it just rubbing it on the handle of a broomstick and then sitting astride that broomstick or even in other like in another scenario that I can think of slathering the end of the broomstick and then using that to insert into your mucous membrane or your orifice. Yes. Right? Yeah. But that's not how witches fly brooms. No, that's the that's the thing. So it's like it, it can't be that it has to be the astride the broom thing. And right. so. It's not only witches who sit astride brooms. Little boys do it too. And little boys are not synthesizing acid from Urbit yes. to well, smear on a broomstick well, and ride it around. Well, and actually, so, okay. no. <laughs> well, let me tell you something about my childhood. Right. So like um, it, that, it, if, if it's just a delivery method, okay, whatever. That still doesn't make sense because it's totally inefficient. Here's the other thing. The people doing the accusing and the asserting of why witches have brooms are not the witches. Like you could just go ask one of them, Hey, why do you ride that broom? Here's the problem with that. A witch isn't going to acknowledge that they're doing broom riding to administer illicit substances because then they'd be admitting to doing illicit substances. And also a witch is not going to admit to riding a broom because you're going to accuse her of being a witch for riding a broom. Right. So the only people who have access to the claim that smearing hallucinogens on a broom and then riding it is what witches are doing are people who have never smeared a hallucinogen on a broom and ridden it. Right, right. Which brings us around to your complaint. None of this sounds like anything that somebody who was high on a hallucinogen would hallucinogen would do or say and we're not going to say anything about how we have this opinion personally. <laughs> no, we don't need to. I mean, I think I was thinking about this a little bit um, and I think uh, the issue is that you don't even have to have personal experience with it to know that, um, you know, the sixties blew up with the use of a lot of hallucinogens and things, but the main overriding push of the sixties was like promiscuous behavior and peace and love and like world, you know, world peace and like, let's stop harming each other. And so riding brooms, well, not riding broomsticks. And if you're going with the other side of the argument where the populace was the the people who were hallucinating and they were the ones who ended up doing all the like accusing because they were under the influence, which again, this article hard to say which way they're going with that. Um, Right. Apparently everyone was getting high. My point being is that um, it's, it's not an, even if everyone was high and all of this is true, it's not an indicator that that's the reason that they decided to burn and prosecute people for being witches. Fair. You know, whether or not they're high is not, not really a major indicator of this. Like, it certainly doesn't 
follow that if they weren't high, they wouldn't do this or that if right. they were high, that's why they did this. Right. Um, it seems to me that they might have been high while they were doing it. Maybe there's not a lot of evidence for that, but it doesn't really matter. Um, it yeah. doesn't seem to be a strong, like I don't see a lot of evidence in the history of humanity <clears throat> that hallucinations strongly influence a cultural swing in one direction or another. Um, I mean, I think there's like, uh, it can amplify things, but like Paul Stamets, no, not Paul Stamets. Um, who was it that wrote? Oh God. Who was it that wrote about mushrooms and psychedelics being the drivers of most of the creative and like evolutionary, oh, uh, the, but like stoned ape theory. Oh, who was that? Oh, anyway, the I, idea is that like, it's like Bill Hicks said, you know, if you don't like drugs, like take out all the fucking records and all the art you love and all the advancements uh -huh. in humanity and take all of that and throw it away because all those people were real fucking high on drugs. Yeah. I mean, I like, that's the stoned ape theory. Gotcha. That, like, yeah. So advancements I don't think that that, that, yeah. And I, I think that it generally seems to be, um, it seems to be that there's a proclivity for people to be more social rather than antisocial. Yes. And so, so this, and yeah. so if, if you are doing drugs, I would imagine that it like either it could have been much worse and they were doing drugs. So fewer witches were burned, but I don't see anybody making that argument or more likely um, mm -hmm. it didn't have a major effect one way or the other. Was right. my guess. Like if, you know, if people were even doing this recreationally, which again, there may not be evidence. Um, go ahead. Yeah. The stoned ape theory came from Terrence McKenna. Ah, uh, okay. Um, Just throwing that out there. Closing yeah. the loop on that. Good. I, um, yeah. yeah. So, um, I did yeah, want to... Like all... Go ahead. Oh, I wanted to get at... Um, so, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you've made it through all of this, like, you know, spaghetti logic of looping around until we get to a point... Um, I was, I imagine someone might be like, okay, fine. So why the fuck are brooms associated with witches? Um, and that just seems to be as far as I can tell. And I, this is where I want to, like, we can use this to segue to you talking more about witch trials and witches in general. Um, mm. As far as I can tell, it just seems to be that there is some myth that's, that goes back to the 15th or 16th century because there are these wood carvings and things showing uh, women straddling broomsticks. Yeah. So it doesn't, it, it's not a new theory that that's why they were there. It's just, there doesn't seem to be any evidence that that's actually true. Right. That makes yeah. sense. So also like, um, it's probably not a coincidence that the only people accused of being witches were women and the only people who ever handled brooms in their entire life to do housework at that time were also women. Right. Like every fucking woman has a broom in her hand. You goddamn assholes. It's all you'll let us do. You can tell she's a witch because she has tits. You can tell she's right because I said so. Right. Because I said so. Um, so, like, one funny thing about this article, too, is I was like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Like, I'm a stickler for citation, right? Even yeah. though I'm pretty loose about it on the podcast. But uh, so I clicked through a bunch of the, like, links that she included in this. Now, granted, yeah. we are tearing apart an article that was written in 2013. So some of the links might be broken because that's what happens with time in the Internet. Yeah. However, a bunch of the other links were just links to stories 
that she ripped off by plagiarizing content from it without doing anything but hyperlinking it. And like the the section of text that she hyperlinked, you know, she embedded yeah. the hyperlink in. That's the whole like paragraph that she just ripped off of somebody else's publication. Right. Like this is this is a, a citation assembled paper in the sense that it's like, I'll take this paragraph over here and this paragraph over here and I'm going to write three or four mm-hmm. sentences and now we're done. Right. In fact, one of the articles that she cites is called Why Do Witches Ride Broomsticks? And the title of her own article is Why Do Witches Ride Brooms? So even NSFW. Right. Uh, right. NSFW. Even though the articles are like basically like the titles are almost exactly the same. I did yeah. also notice that where she indicated in the text of the article that um, she was maybe doing some original thought here and she like put in quotations mark witches brews like oh yeah they made all these fancy ointments with hallucinogens in them that they called witches brews i hyper i clicked on the hyperlink for witches brews and it actually takes you to the wikipedia article for bitches brew yes which is an album a jazz album yeah that (laughs) was uh um composed by miles davis uh in 1970 and has nothing to do with witches or broomsticks whatsoever. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, whatever. Take that for what you will. Um, uh-huh. So yeah, there's there's all uh, there's all kinds of goofy things about this article that are un- uh, unfalsifiable, unsupported, or anachronistic. Um, yes. However, like I kind of do think it points to something though, which is to say that like women riding around on broomsticks little boys riding around on broomsticks pretending they're horses all of this is just a form of like play and joyful expression yes and women doing things that they're good at and being independent and having fun while they're doing that is just shit that fun haters can't stand and so to me this all just sounds like a bunch of fun hating that led to a bunch of people being drowned and burned yes i mean i can absolutely see that um yeah i mean i i know plenty of adult humans who enjoy playing and would not be above riding a broom around the uh, living room naked or not embalmed with drugs or not irrelevant right all of the above or none of the above right exactly um so yeah it's all just a bunch of fun hating it's about about people trying to control other people yes and like it let this be a lesson to women everywhere if you have too much fun doing your house chores and or if you own property you inevitably are going to be drowned in a lake or burned as a witch because right. people are just going to hate you for it exactly yeah yeah uh, lovely it's true so um yeah i, I you know it's it's kind of crazy i think that um I didn't know as much about, I mean, I knew a little bit about the Salem witch trials. Sure. We studied it in high school at some point. Um, but we probably had the very whitewashed, like Texas, um, you know, the Texas, uh, textbook company version of whatever it was. Um, and then of course this, this just makes me think of, um, is it, I can't remember if it's search for the Holy grail or if it's uh, one of the Monty Python sketches where they're Mm basically, it's the Holy grail with the witch and Mm -hmm. the really small rocks. Yes. Like what else floats really small rocks. And then eventually it's a duck. (laughs) And so if she weighs more than a duck, 
she's gonna drown i think right or if she floats well, she's a witch or something i if forget she, it. if she if you drown that's how you prove your innocence because yes. witches would float if they could use their special powers to save themselves from drowning they would and so right. obviously if you drown it means you didn't have special powers which means oh fuck you weren't a witch well at least we know for sure right exactly and your soul is saved She's saved because she's not a witch, so she's going to heaven anyway, which is where we all want to go when we die, and we're all just waiting for that chance. So it all worked out in the end. It's fine. This was definitely not about a woman having money that a man didn't think she should have. Right. God. It definitely, definitely was not about women owning land and having agency. It definitely wasn't about any of that. What this was about for sure was like just some fucking crazy people in like 1600. I'm sure that's what it was about. Uh-huh. Maybe it was like they all got high by accident from eating bread. That's probably what it was. Let's not talk about how sexist this was and how it was definitely, definitely, definitely not about men hating the fact that certain women have power and money. Right. Definitely was not about that. For sure. It was about ointments and broomsticks and flying and getting high and eating bread that was poisoned. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, that's the thing that really sucks. Like, like uh, they, they bother to teach it. They bother to bring it up in fucking school, but they don't bother you to, to tell you any of the actual no. cultural or political forces or historical things at the time that would have contextualized why a bunch of people would have gone along with singling out and murdering women in super gross ways. Yeah. It's yeah, I mean that's kind of go America. Well, go, go America. US. I can't speak for all of America. Yeah. It's too fucking It's funny too. It's two American continents and we just own that word. Right. And it's I, I'm ashamed to say that another like this. So the the Atlantic article about yeah. why do witches ride brooms not safe for work was written by Megan Garber. And Megan is another Megan. I have to tell you, I'm disappointed. Uh, yeah. I'm disappointed because you had an opportunity here when you were practically plagiarizing a bunch of information from other people's poorly written articles about witches and brooms. You didn't take the chance to realize that the the article that you stole the title of your article from was written in Forbes by a dude. And you could have been like, this guy over here wants you to believe some dumb sexist shit about women's pussies and brooms and hallucinogens. But what I'm going to tell you is what actually might've been a thing that happened and what the political forces at the time said and what the like financial reality for women and their agency was at the time and why women might have already been handling brooms because it was the only thing they were allowed to have a job doing at the time and make an article that was awesome out of it but no megan you linked to fucking miles davis on the internet instead <laughs> by accident i'm just so disappointed in the missed opportunity here megan megan yeah. well that's what i have that's what i have to say about your article from seven years ago right. <laughs> <laughs> it was clearly like a rush job and a total job. fucking fluff piece obviously um, we rushed this to press yeah it's almost like it just it just goes to show that um you really shouldn't publish anything on the internet because someone's going to have a strong negative opinion about it um mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not to diminish what you are you are saying is is real um yeah so do you have other i like i wanted to ask you just questions about so you you said you read um about ethic the ethics of or you just studied the witch trials in an ethics oh. course 
so it was, yeah. So all of the courses that I studied um, in my second round of undergraduate education when yeah. I was studying philosophy as opposed to studying science, which came before that, yeah. um, the everything that I studied for that degree was um, under the umbrella of ethics. Uh -huh. And so I read a lot of philosophy and a lot of history and a lot of um, um, sociology and a lot of linguistics. Um Around, from collections that also included other things. So, for instance, sure. I read lots of Plato and Socrates. And Well, Plato wrote what Socrates said because Socrates didn't write anything down, so there is no source material for Socrates. But anyway, I read Plato, I read Aristotle, I read uh, like modern philosophers, I read all kinds of stuff, but the only stuff I read from those people was their writing on the topic of ethics. Yeah. And so I got a, a broad sweep of people, but all of what I read was their their philosophical writing on ethics specifically. And so same with all these other things. The The only context in which I've studied the Salem Witch Trials was in the context of the ethics of it and what and the feminist ethics of it. So okay. in a fem feminist ethical lens, like gotcha. this obviously didn't work out so well for some people. The, the witch trials right yeah and all of those people were women which by definition makes makes this a feminist ethics yeah. issue sure and so that's the context in which i studied it but it was very clear that there were a lot of um outside of the like metaphysical and like fantastic elements of stories about witches and the trials and things like that there was the the actual reading of the law at the time such as it was and there was the law as it pertains to property rights and the status of those women in society their place in society and things like that and like i said overwhelmingly these were people who were a threat if they wanted to be right i i think probably most of these women <clears throat> they probably didn't even have to get to the point of what some people would irritatingly describe as uppity yeah. before they were shut down like it it was it, you wouldn't have even had to have been a particularly transgressive land-owning woman in order to get people angry at you. Just the fact that you were a woman that owned land was enough to be like, well, we're going to take it away from her. And the easiest way to do that is to discredit her socially. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so, you know, you can't just barge in and take a dowager widow's no. um, fortune from her. That would be illegal because right. of existing law and property rights. But yeah. if she's a danger to everyone around her, like then you can take a witch. it from her. Right. Like being a witch. Like, cor yeah, corrupting people, doing devilly things, you know, like consorting, whatever the fuck. It riding a broomstick. Riding a broomstick. You're only allowed to sweep with a broom. You can't ride it. Right. <laughs> Having fun in any way. Um, I mean, just think about that. Like, think about the minutiae of your life so controlled to the point where the only thing you're allowed to do is sweep and have children, and someone's going to barge in and tell you how to do that, too. Yeah, seems rough. And if you can't do it the way they want you to do it, you're going to... Like, here's another thing. Like, say you're just, like, some woman who who is married... And then, like, in a some horrible accident, your husband and your, like, soul-surviving heir die, right? And it's right. just you left alone. The mere fact of your tragedy is what could lead to you being killed. Right. So fucked. Your husband's gone. You have no heirs. That means you have land and money, and that means we're going to kill you for it. Like, holy fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, That's, uh... Cute. It's a rough, rough place to be. Um, like really rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but we don't have anything like that now. No, nothing. Not even, I can't think of a single thing. No. I, yeah. I mean, that's why I'm so interested in this is it's so isolated and peculiar in women's history. Right. Has no analog anywhere else that I can see. <laughs> right. Um, uh-huh. man, that is, uh, yeah. I mean, we could just open a whole can of worms and get into uh, modern feminism and, uh, talk all about the current, yeah. uh, state of the U S in particular. Um, but I think that's a whole another podcast. And I think we've been mostly steering away from like strongly political, like entirely political podcasts. Um, yeah. I, not that we're not pouring our political beliefs all over everything as we talk about it, everything which is that's fine. Um, yeah. It's the man behind the curtain. Right. <laughs> my secret religious leanings in uh, uh, color all of my, all of the words that come out of my mouth. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. I am a I'm a pastafarian. A pastafarian flying spaghetti monster. Oh, his noodly appendages. I've been blessed by touched by his noodly appendages. I love that <laughs> phrase. I don't know why. It's just so hilarious. I do too. Do you know if I here's what I'm gonna do to really piss people off and then they're gonna burn me at the stake. I'm gonna make a broom, but instead of like um like fronds of grass or strain, you know, like yeah. pieces of grass at the end to create the broom. What are those called? Bristles? Instead of bristles, yeah. I'm just going to have spaghetti and it's going to be my religious fetish and I'm going to carry around my noodly appendage broom and beat people with it. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I support this. Thing. I want to help in any way I can. And, I, and I'm going to cover it in hallucinogenic hallucinogenic slime so no matter what you're going to be tripping out by the end of the day if you come anywhere near me just watch it you mean your your quote witch's brew yeah my witch's brew watch out i i like how brew and broom are like super closely related in terms of the actual sound and i bet that that's not a coincidence i bet somebody was like she was out there with her witch's brew i said broom (laughs) all right and then all of a sudden it was like, now we've got witch's brew and witch's brooms, which right. used to be the same thing until somebody misheard it. And now everyone's confused. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, have both. I have a whole kitchen full of brews and I have like three different brooms in my house too. That's awesome. I'm a big fan of brooms. I have several at my house. Um, and I have one of your witch's brews sitting in my fridge at the moment. So, yeah. Oh my God. I have new bottles. I have those two. I have two of those giant 32 ounce bottles so I can make half a gallon of this stuff for us. Yeah. So that, those things are really fun. Um, I feel like we should clarify since we've been referring to witch's brews as hallucinogens. These are not, um, no, that what we're, what we're talking about is, um, you've been fermenting honey and garlic <laughs> and like honey and root roots, right? Basically yes. like root, uh, vegetables, yeah. like vegetables. onion, and garlic, oh, and, and, um, yeah. peppers. Um, pep, yes. And so this stuff is, it's a fire cider, which we talk about in another episode that will yeah. air in the near future, actually. Yeah. Um, well, it'll we'll be in the past that. from this one. <laughs> <coughs> right, right, right. In the past from this, but at the time that we're recording this, the future from now, we have already recorded another podcast, yeah. which will air at a future date from the time that we are recording this, but it will air this that you are listening to now will be on the air for you to listen to after the other one that we're talking about, which is super confusing and we are time travelers, but it's yes, okay. That's how we, we roll. We know what's going on, even if you don't. Right. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and we, mo- we won't make you do anything unsavory. So uh, we won't make you. We might whole, ask you to, but we won't we'll, make you do it. We'll make you taste something unsavory. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So this the whole thing that I'm making. I make these witches brews, and they're not really witches brews. They are um, alternately known or colloquially known as fire cider. They're a vinegar and honey base with lots of root vegetables and stuff that burns like habanero peppers or ghost peppers or lots of things like that. Garlic, uh, ginger. <clears throat> and it basically just is a tonic that you can take or mix with, with fizzy water. You take it straight in a shot or take it with fizzy water. And it helps um, keep your stuff running well. Like it's got all kinds of really good things in it for you. Um, and like good organic compounds that can support your immune system or help kill gross things that live in you in your digestive tract that aren't supposed to be there in as many quantities as they are. And um, it's like a fermentation process to get this stuff and it will like burn your face off. Your taste buds will be on fire if you do it right. It's it's a pretty fun experience. I like to take a shot once in a while. You won't hallucinate. You might see the end of your life and the rest of it that came before it flashing before your eyes, but you'll get over it. You'll get over it. <laughs> yeah, don't get it in <laughs> your eyes and wash your hands when you're done handling it. But otherwise, oh, I don't even know about not getting it in your eyes. Like to be honest with you, I've gotten habaneros in my eyes so many times now uh-huh. and I'm like so used to it that I don't even find it unpleasant anymore. Yeah. That's the really interesting thing about capsaicin and the various um, related compounds is that the, your body kind of builds up a tolerance to them um, to a point where they don't, yeah. they don't affect you the same way anymore. Um, it's like, I don't even notice it. My fingers now, if I get habaneros, like I clean them I clean the peppers by hand without gloves or anything. Yeah. And so I get lots of the pulp and the seeds and all that stuff embedded under my fingernails. And it used to burn for days. Like it was spicy and I could uh-huh. feel it right. from it. Now I don't notice it at all until I take my contact lenses out and I've forgotten that I've had yeah. habaneros in my eyes and then I've got habaneros in my eyes. And eh, I have managed to be able to wear some of those pairs of contacts again. Yeah. And some of them the next day when I go to put them in after they've soaked overnight, they're still so burning hot that I can't right, take it. Right. I have to put in new ones. But. Gotcha. So maybe get it in your eye. I don't know. Probably don't. Probably don't. I, 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 I feel like we should suggest not doing that just as a out of hand. Don't put hallucinogens or very peppery things in your eyes. Yeah. I I feel like generally don't put things in your eyes if you can avoid it. Don't put don't put anything in your eye yeah. unless something is designed to go in your eye and maybe a, an ophthalmologist prescribed it to you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you kids with your rave parties, stop licking each other's eyeballs. <laughs> oh God. That's one of my favorites. It's pretty funny. It just smacks of like anything to be <laughs> weird, you know, anything to just have a like alternate experience and just do something different. Um, yeah. It kind of reminds me of like there's urban legends that kids tell each other to like freak each other out or like prove yes. bravery and things like that. And then right. uh, I find that all of the urban legends that adults tell yeah. are some form of like um, out of touch, fear based trickery like everything kids come up with is meant to instill some sort of rite of passage or something but everything adults come up with is to prove it's just it just demonstrates how out of touch they are with people younger than them which is why i think that all adult urban legends come from children telling them lies to get them riled up and distracted Uh (laughs) because i've 
I always think to myself, you're an adult. You should be able to think through this better than you clearly are doing right now. Yeah. Like, do you remember? Do you remember rainbow parties? Yes. I mean, so, I not when I was a kid. It wasn't until more recently that I was ever even like. I mean, in the last like ten years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Conceptually, we were adults when this came around. Right. But I was told about it by my mom, who's a boomer, right? Uh huh. Yes. Well, now, now the scourge of life in America for people under twenty five or whatever. Like, uh-huh. why would you even know what that is or care? Um, at sixty years old. My mom was like, the newest thing is rainbow parties. And I'm like, what in God's name is a rainbow party? Is it a coming out party? Right. Party for a gay kid? Yeah. Is, is this like a queer prom? Like I'm I want to be in the queer prom rainbow party. These right. are my people. And my mom is like rainbow parties are where a boy goes to a party and a bunch of different girls put on different colored lipsticks and then they take turns giving him blowjobs so that his penis looks like a rainbow later and i was like that doesn't even make sense that's in the laws of physics and lipstick like (laughs) what are you talking about also where are you going to find enough people willing to do this like this doesn't sound fun for anybody no no this is not fun in order to get a good blowjob you can't be concerned about the prior the prior rings of like about preserving the pattern of lipstick created by the prior blowjobs like this is not how this works right exactly <laughs> nobody gives artistic blowjobs that's not the medium for it oh <laughs> well, maybe it should be what makes a good blowjob is not lipstick. I yeah, I mean, if you have a good rainbow on your dick, you didn't get a very good blowjob. Blow I'm sorry to tell you. I'm sorry. So this this whole thing with like <laughs> witches and brooms and uh-huh. like, um, I don't know, like whatever else, like just any kind Ridiculous of urban shit. legend. Yeah. Yeah, it's all it all smacks of the same kind of weirdness to me. Like it's all just yeah. some version of hating fun that you yourself are too chicken to ever have. Yeah. So not only do you not understand what it is you're claiming to hate, you're only claiming to hate it because you're too pissed that you're too fearful to try it for yourself. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not only do you, I think what you're doing is wrong, I'm mad that I can't try it. So I'm not going to let you have it either. <laughs> I'm too afraid to have fun. That should be my news. Like, I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. I'm too afraid to have fun. Yeah, I'm just going to hand good, those out yeah. to people as I see fit. Yeah. It sounds all right. <laughs> <laughs> Don't listen to anyone who tells you that you should be afraid of experiences that they themselves have never had. Yeah. Um, Unless it's something obvious, like, uh, watch out, don't get shot by guns. How do you know? You've never been shot by one. Yeah, obviously use a little common sense. Although I hate using the word common sense because I feel like it's been so co-opted by, um, especially our country. Well, by fun haters. Yeah, exactly. Oh, gross. Totally gross. Totally gross national product. Yeah. Gross national product. Um, (laughs) That's a totally gross national product is the name of or formerly it was the name of a band that i think i've heard once oh really yeah totally gross national product they played in the twin cities i wonder if they're still a thing so that's, i that's kind of great that off i'm not that clever that's fine it's still it's it's a good name it's a good name to remember totally gross national product record label oh maybe it's a record label oh is American independent record label based in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Good job. <laughs> Never mind. Hey, so whatever. I, oh, you, yeah. you, you got pretty close. 
They've issued records by Lizzo, Polisa, and Marijuana Death Squads, which is a really fucking awesome group. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So uh, I feel like we're kind of, we've, do you have any tips for living well in hell? Or or anything else you want to contribute to the topic of this podcast, which was witches? Um, yeah so the tip for living well in hell that kind of bridges the gap here tip for living well in hell clean up after yourself yeah that's a good one. clean up after yourself like this is it has really important context in the immediate which is to say like hey don't be a jerk don't leave a mess don't fuck up the planet don't make things harder for people around you don't make a mess and also like clean up after yourself because you don't really want to leave evidence if there are dumb idiots running around looking for jars of vaseline in your house so they can justify burning you at the stake (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah i don't know yeah like having a well-ordered life is good because of the primary benefit it affords to you as the beneficiary like you have an organized life it's usually a better life but also yeah. it doesn't give any opportunities for other people to fuck up your life for you right yeah. <laughs> put your vaseline away <laughs> yeah use your broom for what it's intended for <laughs> wash your broomstick handles after you use them right exactly <laughs> wash your hands oh geez uh, keep washing your hands right um yeah masks in the house that's a good one i definitely uh my life is definitely better when i'm i'm on track with cleaning up after myself for myself i do really well cleaning up after myself for other people um Mm -hmm. being in other people's space i never really have much trouble like leaving leaving too much of a mess for them but yeah when i'm by myself i struggle It's, it's daily I I do too. Although that's when that voice in my head kicks in and says, "Have a little dignity." Yeah, I I think um, I think it's the one area where it's like ADHD has just really like undermined a lot of my efforts in my life, and it's like something yes. that I just have to find some solution for, or just I'm it's a continuous battle. Um, yeah, because I my life is definitely I my life is a pile of projects. My house is like yeah. it'll get clean, and then it'll just be like oh ned was here because there's six different projects pulled out from the cabinets or whatever and strewn about the house um but whatever there's yeah i it's interesting because like this makes me think of the concept of entropy and how we're all just like struggling against entropy yeah constantly and and what entropy even is and like there's the idea like oh everything moves towards chaos but that's like such a paltry version of a definition of entropy yeah <clears throat> and I think we're going to do an episode on entropy or like, I think we should st- we started talking about this and I just haven't had a chance to read the actual good sources that you have that we, yes, like, I forgot our we, stuff on Kindle yep. and we've got some other stuff. So we'll talk about that in another episode. Um, Cause I thought I, I understand it. I thought I understood entropy and then I only realized that I understood it on a very superficial level and that it actually makes a lot of fucking sense to me now. Yeah. Um, and it has a really like deep, deep reach as far as science goes. It's a very like fundamental concept and it has a lot of like, yeah. implications um, across a wide, I mean, I obviously my strongest background in, in studying entropy comes from my biochemistry slash chemistry background. Right. Um, but there's a huge portion of it that applies to data um, like IT you know, information technology, mm-hmm. um, 
or any kind of organization, any kind of thing. Um, it just has a really strong, like, you know, statistics has a big, plays a big role. There's just a whole bunch of really interesting kind of connections yeah. across the sciences that all kind of revolve around entropy and the, the implications of it. Um, that's so, so cool. yeah, it is very cool. So, uh, yeah, well, yeah. that's, that's that, I suppose. Um, Woo. okay. Should we, should we call it a good one? Yeah, I gotta go clean this Vaseline off my <laughs> broom handle. Broom handle. <laughs> For the cops get here. For the cops get here. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the phone police are on the their phone way. The police, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Goodbye. Okay. Bye. Bye.